Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for December 22nd, 2017. And today, guys, questions are going to be answered. No Matthew today. It is me by myself just doing this all on my own. So the questions are, can I hold the podcast by myself? Can I carry it? Don't know. Do I have the energy for it? Who knows? Also, I'm in Florida on vacation. My dad's in the other room. Can you hear the TV blaring through my computer? Also a possibility. Is that going to fuck up the audio? It's possible. Am I going to figure out how to upload the podcast by myself without Matt? We don't know. If you're listening to this, then I guess I figured it out. Other issues. Is there going to be dead space while I look up games and have nothing to talk about for a second? Also a possibility. Hopefully none of this is an issue and I'm able to figure this out by myself. And hopefully you guys are all listening to this because I figured out uploaded onto SoundCloud, which I'd, I'd say it's like a 50-50 chance of me figuring it out. I think I'm capable, but usually I have Matt do it, so I don't know if I'll figure out the right buttons to press. But we'll jump into the games. we got nine games on the NBA slate, and it looks like we're going to have some good value for tomorrow. The first game on the slate is the New Orleans Pelicans at the Orlando Magic. So I think this is a pretty fantasy-friendly game. Just the issue is I think that there's better value in other places, and I think that there's other guys who I just prefer to pay up for on the slate. So like guys, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis... I think they have upside and they're fine as GPP plays, but I really want to pay up for Harden on this slate. I think he's the guy who has the most upside. So Davis and Cousins, I'll say in play, but not necessarily my favorite plays on the slate. Moving over to the Orlando side of the game, I, I think once again, one of the better GPP plays is going to be Alfred Payton. I'm sure people are sick of rostering him. Uh, he's definitely burned everybody at certain points of time. He's burned me before. He actually came through for me last game. He had a pretty good outing. He finished with 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. He easily hit value against the Bulls, and that was despite really not playing too much in the fourth quarter. The game was a blowout. The Magic lost by, oh, what was it, 60, uh, 18 points to the Bulls, and Peyton didn't play in the fourth quarter, still hit value. I just think at 5,600, uh, 5, he's definitely not a safe play because he has so many just duds and shit games. But it's just more that he has that 40 fantasy point upside and at 5,600, there's definitely a good chance that he's in a GPP winning lineup. So somebody who I want exposure to. And then somebody else who I think makes some sense for this slate is DJ Augustin at 3,800. So Augustine uh, played 28 minutes, 30 minutes, and 28 minutes over the Magic's last three games. And a lot of the reason is because Evan Fournier is out right now. Obviously, Terrence Ross has been out. And the Magic are really struggling right now, so they're just kind of mixing and matching and trying different guys. They had Aaron Aflalo in the starting lineup for a little bit. He was just absolute dog shit. So they're not starting DJ Augustine, except only nine minutes last game for Aflalo. I think that they just prefer playing Augustine right now. So I think that he makes some sense as a value play. The next game on the slate, we have the New York Knicks at the Detroit Pistons. So for the Knicks, uh, we had the Michael Beasley game tonight. He absolutely smashed the Celtics. He finished with 32 points, 12 rebounds, and only 25 minutes. And that was against the NBA's best defense. I think that some people are going to want to chase the points with Beasley. He's at 5,200, and he's generally not playing a ton of minutes. He probably earned himself some extra minutes last night. But if we're still looking at, for the year, he's playing minutes in the teens, only played 25 minutes last night. He's, he's just not going to repeat that performance in 25 minutes. It's also the tail end of a back-to-back. -back. It's another tough matchup. 
So he's somebody who I don't really want to go near. I think Kristaps Porzingis at 8,400 has some GPP upside. There's a little bit of concern about a minutes restriction for him. He's coming back from that knee injury. He only played 23 minutes last night. So it's going to be something we kind of have to keep an eye on where is there going to be any sort of restrictions on Porzingis? Because if he's full go, there's upside, not necessarily safe for cash games, uh, but definitely no minutes restriction. I think Porzingis is a fine GPP play at $8,400. From the Pistons side of the game, we have not really too much that I think is interesting. Uh, Andre Drummond does have some upside in a good matchup against Cantor, but not really sure I want to go there. And then uh, Tobias Harris down at 6,000. I guess he's okay, but nothing really too exciting from them. Uh, let's see. Reggie Bullock, he's been starting. Has he been playing decent minutes? Yeah, I mean, he played 33 minutes, 30 minutes, and only 24 last game. He's not really producing a ton per minute this year. He's actually made eight starts this year, averaging 27 minutes and only scoring 15 fantasy points. I mean, like, as of now, looking at this slate, you'd say maybe he's in play, but they're almost always end up being better value plays than somebody like a Reggie Bullock. So I'll say that probably not going to be in play for me tomorrow. It's it's not the it's not the worst price in the world or anything for him. It's just the upside's kind of capped. He's not particularly good. Next game on the slate, the Washington Wizards at the Brooklyn Nets. So for the Wizards, John Wall's pretty reasonably priced at 8700 his minutes have been going up since coming back from the knee injury. Uh, four games, 27 minutes, 29 minutes, 32 minutes, 34 minutes. So looking at those trends for Wall's minutes, I think we could see him in the 34 to 35-minute range. He's going to keep going up. Well, he's not going to go up forever because it's not going to be a point. Like, we're not going to be looking at three weeks from now and say, like, oh, John Wall's going to play 50 minutes tonight because that's impossible. Uh, but John Wall, I think we see him somewhere in the mid-30s tonight. A pretty good matchup against the Nets. The Nets have actually been slightly better defensively this year than really I thought they were going to be. Definitely a lot better than last year. I think the Nets now in defensive efficiency. Uh, let's see. Bring that up real quick. The Nets are at 22nd now in defensive efficiency. So they are still playing at one of the fastest paces in the league. But going up against the Nets isn't just a slam dunk, super easy matchup that it's been in last year and that it was at the beginning of the season. So I, I don't look at them as must-targets every single night, but John Wall, I think, is a decent play. And then something else to keep an eye on is Otto Porter is questionable. He missed the last couple games with, what is his injury? Uh, I forget. It's a, it's a thigh bruise. So Otto Porter has missed the last two games with a thigh bruise, and Kelly Oubre started in this place. 4700 for Kelly Oubre. Uh, I guess that's usable. Let's see what's his production looked like as a starter. Uh, last couple games, 16 fantasy points, 25 fantasy points. Overall as a starter this year, 32 minutes, 21 points per game. So, yeah, probably not a ton of interest in Kelly Oubre for me. I really think that the guy is going to be John Wall to target. And then if Otto Porter plays and doesn't have restrictions, I think that he can make some sense. Uh, but mostly just John Wall because that, that's too cheap for Wall. We're going to see him over the 10,000 mark probably at some point in the year once he's totally just over that knee injury and his full go. So upside for Wall. From the Nets side of the game, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is at 6,400. It's a tough matchup against Wall, who's one of the better defensive point guards in the league. But still, Spencer Dinwiddie is a starter this year, scoring 33 fantasy points per game. So I think Dinwiddie is a fine play. Also, 6,400. What has he been at his peak? Yeah, he's 
he's been as expensive as 7300 this season and 6400 is actually the cheapest well he he had a couple games in the low 6000s but this is more on the low end of his prices opposed to the high end so definitely upside in Dinwiddie and the other play who I think makes some sense here is Rondé Hollis Jefferson at 6000 so Hollis Jefferson has scored over 30 fantasy points in one, two, three, four, in six of his last eight games. So I think him at 6,000 makes for a fine play. There's definite upside, and I think pretty cash safe also, because as I said, we need uh, 30 fantasy points from him to hit value. He's hit that in six of his last eight games. So I'm fine with rostering him on this slate. Uh, next game, the Charlotte Hornets at the Milwaukee Bucks. I hope you guys aren't bored of me yet. Anybody sitting out there saying they wish they had Matt back, he'll be back. He'll be back next week. If there's anybody who listens to this podcast and just says, boy, I think Greg's an asshole. I really prefer listening to Matt talk. Well, screw you. He'll be back. I'm doing the best I can. This is all I got. Uh, all right, so Hornets at Bucks. The Bucks have been much better defensively since they got Eric Bledsoe. They were, I think, second worst in the NBA in defensive efficiency about a month into the season. The Cavs were dead last. And now the Bucks are up to, where are they? Is there anything more interesting than me looking up stats on my iPod? Probably not. Bucks are 21st in defensive efficiency now. So I think that they've been somewhere around 10th or so in the league since they acquired Bledsoe. Much better defense against point guards lately. Strong defense against pretty much every position except for centers. So I think Dwight Howard at 7,600 makes some sense as a play. And let's see, are his minutes still up, even with Kaminsky coming back? Uh, and not quite as high as they were before. 27 minutes and 28 minutes for Dwight in the last couple games. But there were also blowouts, but before then, 34, 33 minutes. So I think it's reasonable to expect somewhere like in the 30 say 32 to 36 minute range for Dwight Howard, assuming this game stays close. And the best matchup of anybody in the starting lineup, the Bucks have been one of the worst teams in the league at defending centers. So I think that that's the spot to target them. And then from the Bucks side of the game, what is their pricing? We've got Yanni, 11,300. Bledsoe is at 6,700. Middleton is at 7,400. Uh, I mean, I think it's all just kind of fair pricing. I think if I had to pick one of those guys for their price, it would probably be Bledsoe. I think that Giannis is okay to pay up for because he always makes some sense. But the issue is just that I really think that James Harden is the guy to pay up for on the slate. I've said that a couple of times, and that's actually the next game, and I'll touch on that right here. And Clippers at Rockets... So like I was saying, the reason that James Harden is the, re- is the guy to pay up for on this slate to me is there's no Chris Paul. So with Chris Paul out, it's going to be all Harden running the offense. Harden's going to have to play extra minutes. He's going to get more usage, just more touches. His usage is a couple percentage points higher with Chris Paul off the floor this year. He scores about three and a half more fantasy points per 36 minutes with Paul off the floor. So Harden, just super strong play for this slate. Eric Gordon, also at 5,900. He's going to slot into the starting lineup. If you guys remember, at the beginning of the season, Gordon was just destroying. He started the season and got his price all the way up to 7,000, and he had a usage rating north of 30 for the first month of the season. And that was because he kind of took on the role that Chris Paul has for the Rockets right now. So 
we're going to see Eric Gordon move from a bench role into the starting lineup and also have a really big ball handling responsibility because they're going to stagger his minutes with Harden a little bit. So when they take Harden off the floor, it's going to be Gordon running the offense. So I, I really think that Gordon is in a good position to have a good game. I know that some people are going to say, well, 5900 that's more expensive than Gordon's been. Yes, except he was almost 7000 earlier in the year when Chris Paul was out. And I think that it's reasonable to see him get back to that level with Paul once again injured. And then just also uh, Trevor Reese is a decent play at 5,500. P.J. Tucker is a decent play at 4,400. I think Ryan Anderson's a play at 4,400. The other thing that's significant here is that Clint Capella's out. So really a ton of value on the Rockets. Uh, they're expected to be the highest scoring team on the slate, and they're missing one of their best players. So I really think that Harden, Gordon, Ariza, Tucker, Anderson, like it seems ridiculous to have all these guys as a play on one team except none of them are expensive other than Harden. Everybody else on the team is priced below 6000 and I think they just make for really good targets. The other side of the game, the Clippers. Uh, DeAndre Jordan at 7800 I think once again that he's a strong play with Blake Griffin out. So with no Clint Capella, there's just going to be very little competition for DeAndre Jordan on the boards. So Jordan is averaging a little over 18 rebounds per 36 minutes with Blake Griffin off the floor this year. I, I just think that we see another monster rebounding game for Jordan. I think that he makes sense. I think that Milos Teodosic at 4,900 makes a little bit of sense. Because if you look at those Rockets' defensive numbers against point guards, they've been pretty good recently. But once again, a lot of that is due to Chris Paul. Without Chris Paul on the floor, it's a much easier matchup for Teodosic. And his minutes have been... They haven't really gone up. He's started at about 20 minutes per game when he first came back from the foot injury. He got up to 27, and that's kind of where they've remained. But they also haven't played in a bunch of close games recently. They beat the the Suns by 13. They lost to the Spurs by 18. So I do think that there's the possibility to see Tidosic at 30-plus minutes if the game stays close. So I think that he's a fine play at 4,900. I think Lou Williams is a good play at 7,200. Overall, this is a really stackable game. You could take Jordan, Lou Williams, Tadosich, maybe even Rivers, and then all of those Rockets guys. And I, I really think that there's going to be a GPP winning lineup that I think is some combination of at least a mini stack of this game where it's going to have two, maybe three players at a minimum because there should be a ton of points scored in this game. And there really aren't a lot of games with high point output expectation for this slate. Next game, we have the Dallas Mavericks at the Miami Heat. So the Mavericks, uh, yeah, there's really just a lot of fair pricing here. Dennis Smith Jr. is down at 4,800. Let's see what his minutes were like his first game back. He only played 21 minutes. So I'm going to say that he's not in play unless we hear that he has no minutes restriction. But I'm going to guess they're going to be pretty cautious bringing him back. And the other thing also to consider for this game is that both teams played a slow pace and are decent on defense. So I, I don't really think there's going to be a ton of fantasy production. Where things do get a little more interesting, at least from the Heat side of the game, is that they have a bunch of injuries. We have Justice Winslow is questionable. Goran Drogic is questionable. So it's kind of waiting to see who's in, who's out, because we could see some value there. I think Bam Adebayo, again, makes sense at 4,300. He's been pretty solid as a starter this year. He's averaging... Uh, 19 fantasy points per game in 24 minutes, but he's also played a little bit more in his last couple starts, only 20 minutes last game, but played 30 minutes the game before. So I think Adebayo, maybe a little too risky for a cash game, but there's some upside for GPP. 
And then the other one, Kelly Olenek at 5,600. If Drodic's going to be out, then there's going to be a lot more usage for Kelly O in this game. I think Olenek had a really big game last time out. Yeah, actually, against the Celtics, he scored 49 fantasy points, played 38 minutes, uh, usage rating of 27%. So much bigger role in the offense for Olenek if Drodic can't play. Tyler Johnson would start a point guard, but 5400 for me, I think that's a usable price, but it's kind of just fair. Like, I think he was a much better play when he was priced below 5000 I think that he's in play if Drogic can't play and he's starting, but not somebody who I'd go crazy with exposure to. Uh, next game we have here the Atlanta Hawks at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Dennis Schroeder is questionable. If Schroeder can't play, there's a ton of usage available in the Hawks offense. Just the question is, can they keep this game close? They're 10.5-point underdogs to the Thunder, and the Hawks are just such a bad team if Schroeder can't play. It's really hard to look at them and figure out where does the usage go because there's nobody who could create shots outside of, I guess, Ilyasova sees a lot of usage. But outside of him, like, Baysmore have a bigger role, but he's priced up to 6,100. The Thunder is still the second-best team in the league by defensive efficiency. So it's, yeah, I don't really think there's any strong plays here. And then I'm just really concerned about the blowout risk. Maybe take a punt at, on John, well, not even a punt, but just take a look at John Collins in a GPP because he's at 5,000. And we know that he has point-per-minute upside. And the other thing, too, is he is, he is a little bit blowout-proof as a first-round pick because let's say that the Hawks go out and they lose this game by 85 points. Absolute worst-case scenario. Total shit show. They suck. Collins is still probably playing some fourth-quarter minutes. So... I'm I'm fine with Collins and GPP. Also, not a cash game play for me. From the Thunder side of the game, what do we got going on here? As the prices load on my iPad, we've got Russ Westbrook eleven thousand four hundred. Once again, I'd prefer to pay up for James Harden. Paul George at seventy one hundred. I think that's a fine play. A uh, little risky just because of the blowout potential, but still. Uh, uh, Paul George is going to play a ton of minutes if the game does stay close. He is a super easy matchup against the Hawks. And 7,100 is the lowest he's been priced at all season. We've seen him up as high as around 9,000. We've seen him as cheap as 7,400. But 7,100 in a plus matchup, it's just too cheap for him. There's a lot of upside. Be wary of the blowout, but I'm, I'm fine with having Paul George in my player pool. I think that he's a good target. All right, two games left. How am I doing out there, guys? Am I doing good? Somebody talk to me. Okay, good. Carrying on. Denver Nuggets at the Portland Trailblazers. Nikola Jokic, 7,400. I love Jokic. Not just, in, not just for this game in general. I really like Jokic. So Jokic finally started last game. He had been coming off the bench as he came back from an ankle injury just so they could limit his minutes and because Mike Malone decided that Guys, we really need to start Tory Craig. That was his thing. Was he was like Tory Craig is going to be a really solid player for us. We need to start Tory Craig. No, you didn't have to start Tory Craig. Tory Craig is kind of trash. But anyway, he started Tory Craig, and now it seems like he's comfortable with starting Jokic ahead of Tory Craig. Jokic, thirty-six minutes last game, finished with thirty-five fantasy points. This is a tough matchup against the Blazers. But with that said, Jokic at seventy-four hundred is just way too cheap for him. He has been as expensive as 9300 this year. Last year, we saw him get priced almost to 11000 So there's so much upside in Jokic at $7,400. Uh, he's fine for cash. He's fine for GPP. 
And then we also have to pay attention to Gary Harris is questionable. Emmanuel Moutier is questionable. If those guys can't play, I think there would be some more value on well, Torrey Craig at 3,700. I don't think he's particularly good because Mike Malone likes to play him. And sometimes we have to roster guys who aren't good because they're getting minutes and they're a good opportunity. Torrey Craig played 37 minutes last game without Gary Harris. So if Harris is going to be out again, I, I think you could roster Craig at the 3,700 price tag, even in a tough matchup. From the Portland side of the game, there's a bunch of value here. These are also some of my best, uh, my favorite value plays. Best value plays? Whatever. They could be the best. They could be my favorites. It could be all the, all the same. I just realized that I, I could only call so many people my favorite because the definition of favorite is it's your favorite. It's your number one. And I call a lot of people my favorites. But I think my actual number one favorite, the favorite value play on the slate for me is Shabazz Napier at 4,300. So the Nuggets have just been shit on defense since Paul Millsap got hurt. They've been particularly bad against point guards. Damian Lillard has been ruled out for this game with, I think it's a hamstring injury. So with him out, Shabazz Napier is almost certainly going to be starting a point guard at 4,300. He's a solid play. CJ McCollum at 7,000. He's a good play because he's going to get a lot of extra usage. Even Nurkic at 6,400. I was on him at the beginning of the year. I haven't rostered that dude since the Vietnam War, but... I'm going to be on Nurkic tonight, 6,400. Big usage bump with Damian Lillard out of the lineup. I, I mean, somebody's going to have to produce offense, and I think it's going to be a lot of McCollum. It's going to be a lot of Nurkic. Uh, I don't think Napier has some sort of massive usage rating for this game, but more just a starting point guard who's going to be playing 35 or so minutes at 4,300 price tag. Like, if he's scoring 0.8 fantasy points per minute, he's just crushing value to 4,300 price tag. And for the year, I mean, pretty decent fantasy producer. He's playing 17 minutes per game and scoring 15 fantasy points. So if we double that and we say that per 34 minutes, we're looking at like 30 fantasy points for him, more than enough for him to pay off his salary, 4300 I think Evan Turner also makes sense as somebody to take a punt on. So Turner, yeah, so 3800 Turner also somebody who I don't think is particularly good, but also figures to have more ball handling responsibility with Damian Lillard out of the lineup. So I think that he's a fine play. Last game on the slate, Lakers at Warriors. This is a really hard game to make a determination on. The reason is because the Warriors have changed Draymond Green from out to probable to now questionable for tomorrow. So is he going to play? Maybe. That's, that's, the, that's the thought behind a questionable Injury designation. So if he can't play, Kevin Durant, 11,600, is once again a strong play. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with him, even if Draymond Green plays as like a GPP play. He's my, I think that he would be, if I'm ordering guys to pay up for it, it's Harden is just number one by so much. And then it would probably be Durant as the next guy to pay up for. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this right now. Is, is there a scenario where I actually really want to use Durant over Harden? I think I've, I'm probably fine with actually just locking in Harden, going 100% Harden for the slate tomorrow, unless something really crazy changes. Uh, even if Draymond Green's out, I, I still think I much prefer Harden over Durant. So I'll pivot a little bit off that and just say, if there's enough value where you could fit two studs into a lineup where you get some kind of crazy just stars and scrubs, Durant and Harden together, that's fine. But if I'm just going head-to-head comparing the two guys, I much prefer James Harden to Kevin Durant. And then other Warriors guys... Uh, Jordan Bell should get another start if Draymond Green's out. 
4,400. He's had a couple of mediocre games his last couple of starts, 18 fantasy points and 17 fantasy points. We've also seen him go over 30 fantasy points in some starts. So I'd be fine with him in cash and GPP if he starts and Draymond Green's out. The issue is that we're probably not going to find out about Draymond Green's status before lock. But the positive is we do have a bigger late swap contest that we could play now. So that is also another possibility if you want to play that road. From the Lakers side of the game, ooh, things are interesting here because Brooke Lopez is out. We saw this last game. I was really high on Julius Randle last game. That went poorly. Kyle Kuzma got all the minutes. He played very well. He had the best game of his career. He scored 10 million fantasy points. And it was very upsetting for people like myself who rostered a lot of Julius Randle. So for this slate, I think that Randle and Kuzma are both in play. I think for GPPs, I think Randle's the better play than Kuzma. For the season, Julius Randle is producing more fantasy points per minute. He is scoring uh, 24.5 fantasy points in 22 minutes per game. Kyle Kuzma is scoring 29 fantasy points in 31 minutes per game. So per minute, Julius Randle is better. The issue is that Kyle Kuzma generally plays more minutes. He definitely played more minutes last game. But we've seen how Luke Walton likes to run his rotations, and that is inconsistently. Sometimes one guy's playing well, like Kuzma last game, and he just leaves him in for most of the game. Sometimes Randle is going to be the guy who plays well, and Kuzma struggles a little bit. And we see more minutes for Randle. So looking at this situation now where we have Kyle Kuzma at 6,300, Julius Randle at 5,400, I think Kyle Kuzma is the preferred cash game play. I think that he is a lot more minute security, and I think that he is on a much higher floor than Julius Randle. In terms of ceiling, even though Kuzma had that ridiculous game last time out, I still think that Randle has the higher ceiling just because he produces more per minute. I also think Randall's going to have lower ownership than Kyle Kuzma and GPPs. So that's why I think he makes for a good pivot. I think that people are going to be really high on Kuzma. I'll prefer Randall for GPPs. And then I also think uh, Brandon Ingram makes some sense at 6,800 as a GPP play. And even for Cash, he's been really consistent recently. Um, 33 fantasy points, 41, 45 over his last three games. So I'm fine with him. Uh, Josh is no longer in play because Contavious Caldwell-Pope is back from whatever weird legal issues he has. So Caldwell-Pope is, I guess, until like January, he's on like house arrest or some weird legal thing where he's not allowed to leave the state of California. I guess it's not house arrest because they wouldn't be allowed to leave his house, but he's allowed to play in games in California. So even though it's a road game, it's being played in Golden State. So he's going to be available for this one. So Josh Hart not in play for this game. So that is going to finish today's podcast, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBergDFS. Matt was not with me today, but his Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. You could follow him there. And we'll be back for – I'm not really sure what we're going to do next week. We have – Christmas is Monday. So maybe Matt and I will record – well, first, Moslem and Ehrenberg are our last names, a couple of Jews. So we don't have big Christmas plans, obviously. Uh, maybe – Maybe if Matt's available and is back from his vacation in Memphis, maybe we'll record something on Sunday. Or maybe I'll do one of these again by myself if you guys like it. So let me know what you think, and have a good weekend. Have a good Christmas if I'm not back, and have a nice weekend.